This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, March 6th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle, flying solo on today's show. Spring has sprung. Not technically, but the weather's nice here in Columbus, and spring ball kicks off tomorrow for the Buckeyes. So let's get into the biggest questions facing the Buckeyes this spring and really heading into the 2023 season. It's not like all the questions are going to get answered uh, during spring, but um, hopefully we get... uh, um, a little closer to getting some answers to some of the serious questions. Um, before I get to that, uh, just real quick to give you the media schedule, like, you know, the first half hour, maybe 45 minutes are going to be open to the media tomorrow morning. Uh, practice kicks off at 830 tomorrow morning. Um, so that'll be cool. Maybe uh, they'll throw us a bone and, and let us in there even uh, longer than that. We'll see. Uh, maybe we can uh, talk Jerry M again to that. Uh, although he's going by the orders of uh, one Ryan day. So, We'll see what happens, but we will be there tomorrow morning, and then after practice, however long we get to watch practice, uh, we will get a chance to speak with Ryan Day afterward. We'll get a chance to speak with Jim Knowles afterward and um, some players. We don't know which players yet, and then Thursday's practice, the second practice of spring, will also be open the first 30 minutes, 45 minutes or so, and then we're going to get Brian Hartline and some players after Thursday's practice. So what they do is they do the first two practices this week. They take next week off for spring break. They come back um, the following week. They start uh, spring ball up again. They have the next 12 practices. And then the 15th practice, of course, is the spring game. So there you go. It's going to fly by. It starts tomorrow. Five weeks in all, including the week they take off. Four actual weeks of practice, including the spring spring game. Um in mid-April. All right, so the biggest storylines, obviously quarterback's a huge storyline. That's obvious. We're not going to really know much this spring. I think Kyle McCord is going to trot out there as the starter, um, you know, against Indiana for the opener. I know I'm not breaking news there. I think the year of experience is big. Um, you know, I just think, you know, he's got to start under his belt. But I'm also high on Devin Brown. You know, I think the future is very bright for him. So it's a legit competition Uh, But I do think Kyle McCord is going to win that battle. But I don't think Ryan Day is going to tell us much. As I've talked about many times on the show, I mean, even when it was Justin Fields going up against, you know, Chris Chuganoff and uh, Gunnar Hoke 
you know, Ryan Day didn't tell us till I think maybe two, three weeks before the season opener. It was it was into preseason camp uh, in 2019 before he mentioned mentioned Justin Fields was the starter. So I mean, we all knew he, Justin Fields was the starter. And then even C.J. Stroud, you know, in um, 2021, he didn't announce it. Uh, I can't even remember exactly when it was. It was sometime during camp. And we basically knew leaving spring. It's just, you know, we always talked about it. It felt like C.J. Stroud was going to be the guy. Um, so don't look for Ryan Day to, to say anything to the media publicly. But maybe we'll get a good feel for it. We'll see. Um, certainly we're going to know. Someone's got to go out there and take the first reps. I think that's going to be Kyle McCord. Um, and we'll see how they look. We'll see how much – you know, if we get to see them actually go live during spring, not that the quarterbacks will be, will be able to get hit, but student appreciation day, they always have a, a scrimmage there that everybody is live except the quarterbacks. Um, so that's always a good way to get a gauge on how they look. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be fun to see how Kyle McCord and Devin Brown look this spring. All right, let's get to some other stuff. Um, you know, the second biggest thing to me is clearly the offensive line. I mean, you're losing three starters and three good ones too. I mean, you, you saw – and we'll talk about the NFL combine a little bit later uh, in today's show, but um, you know, you're losing Paris Johnson, who's, who could be the number one pick in the, or number one offensive lineman off the board. If not, he'll be the second offensive lineman off the board and measured well. Was listed at six foot six at Ohio State. I always thought he looks more like six seven to me. You know, without shoes on at the combine, measured at six foot six and a half. So Ohio State's one of those few schools that they don't really. Um, uh, embellish the height and weight of their players it really matches the combine and sometimes they, they like kind of shortchange their players so anyway you're losing paris johnson jr at left tackle you're losing dewan jones who also is helping himself uh with his pre-draft stuff at right tackle and then the surprise at least in my book mild surprise luke whipler leaving at center so losing both tackles and losing a center i think paris johnson jr you know Again, it's going to be a first-round pick. We all know that. Dewan Jones, second round at the worst. He's now getting some late first-round buzz. And then Luke Whipler. Um, some people think he can be a second-round pick, I think probably third round. Um, so you're losing three, like, really good guys. Who are going to fill in for them? And, you know, are we going to know by the end of spring? I think we're going to have a really good idea, and it's going to be intriguing tomorrow to see, you know, who's taking the first-team reps and where. You know, is it, I, I believe it's going to be Josh Fryer at left tackle. And then at right tackle, I think it's going to be a good battle between Zen Mahalski and Tegra Shabola. So I'm going to be keeping a close eye on that right tackle battle. I think that's going to be a good one there. Um, you know, they liked Zen last year was actually the backup left tackle behind Paris. But now I think he's going to shift over to right tackle. Not for sure. They could leave Zen at left tackle um, and then have Josh Fryer at right tackle. But I think the plan is to have Josh Fryer at left tackle. We'll find out tomorrow. And then to have Zen and then Tegra battle it out at right tackle and I, I you know I like both those guys uh, I like both those guys at right tackle I think whoever emerges from that battle as the starter uh, will be a good player and then whoever you know doesn't you know can be that swing tackle the sixth man and maybe can even slide inside if it's uh, uh Tegra I don't think Zen's gonna slide in, inside he's every bit of uh six seven maybe closer to six eight so uh, Zen's a tackle all the way but Tegra could slide inside if he needs to but they're gonna give him a shot at that right tackle job and I like that um, and there's a shot, I guess, also that Josh Fryer could, you know, move inside. But you have both guards coming back. There's really no reason for that. That's the good news. You have Donovan Jackson coming back, who I think is going to be a star. Um, now as a second-year starter, a third-year player, I think Donovan Jackson is going to have a really good junior year. And then Matt Jones coming back for a sixth year. That's big um, at right guard. So we'll see what happens. And then center to me, you know, I'm going to be keeping a really close eye on that. Uh, is it going to be Carson Hensman as a redshirt freshman? You know, is it going to be – 
the transfer from Louisiana Monroe, Vic Cutler. Uh, it's going to be one of those two. I mean, Jacob James is missing spring. Now, could he get back in the mix in the fall? Of course he could, but I think um, it's probably going to be Carson Hensman or Vic Cutler, and I'm very curious to see how that's going to shake out. I really don't have a prediction there for you. I, I, I really like that they got Vic Cutler in the portal because at the very worst, he's going to be a great depth piece. You know, if he's not the sixth man, let's say Tegra is the sixth man, you know, at the very worst, Vic Cutler is going to be that seventh man. And he's a guy that can play all over the line, even though he's only 6'3", played left tackle at Louisiana Monroe, in addition to playing center, but most recently played left tackle. And again, that's not ideal to have a 6'3 left tackle, but it's not like he's 5'10". I mean, there's NFL teams that have starting uh, tackles that are 6'4". So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But I like Vic Cutler as that, you know, guy that can – you know, at the very worst, be the backup center, backup both guard spots, backup, you know, tackle if you need him to. So, uh, and, and he could be the starting center. The thing that he's got over Carson Hensman is starting experience at the D1 level. You know, he's, he's, he's played a lot of games and against good competition too. Sunbelt's a good conference. You know, it really is for a, you know, a you know, group of five conference. A Sunbelt is a good conference. And then he's played against big teams like Alabama and Texas, as you guys know. So, I like that they have Vic Cutler, and I really like that they have Carson Hensman because, um, you know, he was a, a high four-star recruit out of Wisconsin, and it's tough to get a kid out of Wisconsin who's a good offensive lineman, but they were able to do that. So um, going to be keeping a close eye on the O-line for sure. And then just the defense overall, you know, I mean, obviously the, the secondary, and what are they going to do to prevent big plays? You know, and, and is Jim Knowles and Larry Johnson going to get on the same page? You know, they're now publicly, they're not going to say anything that they're, you know, not on the same page, but it's pretty clear to me. Again, not breaking news here. It's pretty clear to all, all of you, I'm sure, as well, that they have not been on the same page with, with certain things. I mean, clearly the, the rotation on the defensive line, um, you know, I think it has been too deep, you know, not the too deep, it's been T O O deep been too deep on the d-line jim Knowles's philosophy starters are starters for a reason larry johnson's philosophy is keep the guys fresh as much much as possible so i think they need you know the best guys need to play unless they're gassed you know jt tumulau needs to be out there a lot mike hall tyleek williams i've said this on past podcasts jay book and i were talking about this on friday so this is nothing new but those guys need to be out there a lot and then we'll see i'm not ready to say jack sawyer needs to be out there all the time he needs to prove it but JT Tumulowal, you know, you know, Mike Hall, Tyleek Williams, those guys need to be out there a lot uh, unless they're hurt or gassed. And then, you know, Caden Curry's a guy on the rise, Kenyatta Jackson, really curious about that. That's another thing I'm going to be keeping a close eye on. Some of these young guys on the rise, okay? Like we've been talking about Sonny Styles ad nauseum and for good reason. He has to be a starter this year somewhere, and I think he's going to be a star this year. Not like he's going to be a star next year. Uh, this year, I think Sonny Styles is going to be a star. Um, we'll find out what position. We've talked about that a lot. I feel like we haven't talked about C.J. Hicks enough, though. He's another guy. I don't think he has to be a starter because he's an outside linebacker, and he'd have to beat out Steel Chambers. And I think Steel is going to be a starter this year as a fifth-year senior again. I thought he, he was a good you know, starter last year, and I think Steele's going to be the starter there. But C.J., they maybe can mix in a little bit more this year. Maybe he can, you know, you know, find a, a you know a, a different role for him. I think they got to find a role for C.J. Hicks. Is my point, even if he's not a, technically a starter. So that's another guy. 
these sophomores, these guys that are second-year guys, Hero Canoe at D-Tackle, how's he going to look? Kenyatta Jackson at D-N, Amari Abor at D-N. As you guys know, I love Caden Curry. And I think this, this is a guy that um, reminds me a lot of, of Matt Finkus. And I don't just say that because they wear the number 92. You know, I think he can be a guy that really breaks out. And, um, you know, and he could be the jack. We'll see about Mitchell Melton if he's healthy enough. But um, really looking forward to a lot of stuff on the defense. You know, is Knowles going to stick with this philosophy that five chunk plays or less is, is, is okay? Or is now, is it like maybe that's not okay in big games? Maybe that's not okay in big games. That's going to be okay against Indiana. You can give up five chunk plays against Indiana, who will probably be solid and beat Indiana. But, you know, is that going to be your philosophy in Ann Arbor? Is that going to be your philosophy if you make the college football playoff again? I don't know. You know, I, you know, and I, it's funny because I love an aggressive defense, but I, they were just too, over, they were over aggressive at bad times this past year. All right. So, and then again, is Knowles and Larry Johnson on the same page? That's another thing. We'll keep a close eye on that. That's not something we're really going to know till the season, though. So that's, you know, for me to bring that up for spring, we're really not going to know till the season because they can talk all they want that this guy's going to play this much. We won't know until, you know, my friend Dan Hope from 11 Warriors is doing snap counts. You know, how uh, how many uh, snaps are they're exactly getting. Um, there is the game participation thing, too. That That's never accurate. It's never accurate because the double numbers, they always get things confused. But we'll know after the Indiana game, we'll know. Are they doing this fire drill stuff again on the defensive line where everybody gets a trophy, revolving door, or is it going to be the best guys play? We'll know right away. Even though Indiana's not like – it's not like they're like kicking off with Notre Dame again. They're not going to be messing around in a Big Ten game. Okay, we'll know. Is has the philosophy changed? So that's when we'll know. We'll know against Indiana as far as this D-line rotation. What are they going to do? Are they going to change the philosophy there? Are they going to stick with it? All right, I'm also looking forward to running backs, um, but it's really going to be two guys this spring. I'm looking forward to seeing is Dallin Hayden you know, going to take that next step, and I really think he will. Uh, and then how does Chip Traynham look? Because uh, Travion Henderson is going to miss spring, as we know. Evan Pryor is going to miss spring. And then I would have to think Mayan Williams is going to, you know, his reps will be limited, but he'll be out there. Um, but I really want to see how Dallin Hayden looks and how Chip Traynham looks. Chip's now a full-time running back, so that'll be interesting. Um, and then another thing on offense, now we know the top wide receivers are set. So does it really matter who the fourth or fifth wide receiver is? I mean, if everybody stays healthy, no. But last year it took one game for – the leading receiver to go down, Jackson Smith and Jigba, a guy I'm going to talk about in a minute when we talk about the combine. Um, now, if Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Buka and Julian Fleming all stay healthy and Xavier Johnson, Xavier Johnson, more of that Swiss Army knife, they can play a little running back, slot, do a little bit of everything. I love that he's coming back for a sixth year. Love that. Absolutely love that X is coming back. Other than if those guys stay healthy, does it really matter after that? No. I don't think it does, no matter what they say. Brian Hartline is pretty much proven, and it works. I mean, this is not a criticism. Hartline's fantastic. Um, but it's proven. Just look at the last, you know, since Hartline's taken over. I mean, if you're not in the top three or four guys, you're not going to play at wide receiver uh, unless it's garbage time. Um, so where does that leave Jaden Ballard? It leaves him on the outside looking in unless he can take a big step this spring. Maybe he can take a big step this spring and prove that he needs to be out there. I'll give an example, even though it's a different position. Usually they just use two running backs mostly, you know, um, when the game's on the line. This past year, going into the season, they said they were going to make an exception to that rule because Evan Pryor deserved to play. 
until he tore his ACL. But they were going to make room for Evan Pryor is my point. So you can force your way in if you prove to the coaches, I, this guy has to play. Yeah, we usually only play three or four wideouts, but Jaden Ballard has to play because he's doing this. So we'll see. He's now entering his third year, and, you know, it's not sink or swim time by any means for Jaden Ballard. He redshirted. I've seen a lot of guys where, you know, the light doesn't come on until late in their career. You know, good example, like D. Miller, you know, redshirted, didn't do anything really his the, the next two years, and then as a fourth-year junior broke out, and was a really good two-year starter. And that's just one of many examples. So um, even if Jaden Ballard does not play a lot this year, please don't write him off because, uh, you know, they're not going to have Marvin Harrison Jr. the following year, probably not Emeka Buka either, probably not Julian Fleming. So um could be 2024 when Jaden Ballard breaks out. But can he take that next step this spring will be interesting to follow. And then the, the young guys, you know, guys like, you know, you know, Keon Grays, you know, Kojo Antwi, all those guys, you know, that were true freshmen last year. You know, you look at like a Caleb Brown, Caleb Burton. Um, you know, I think, you know, we'll see. I think I tend to think one of those guys will probably transfer after spring if I had to guess. Um, but I also think one or two of those guys is going to step up and show. If not, he needs to play this year that the coaches are like, OK, this is a guy that's definitely in our plans for the future without a doubt, even if because they're stacked at wide out this year if the guys stay healthy because you got the best receiver in, in college football, Marvin Harrison Jr. You got Emeka Buko, who I think is underrated. Because of Marvin Harrison Jr., I think if people overlook what Emeka did this past season. And he, he went over 1,000 yards as well, and I love him. And I think he's you know, his best football is still ahead of him. So, um, you know, that's the reason. I mean, guys, you know, you know, if you're a Kojo Antwi, you could show out this spring and still not get on the field that much because of the guys ahead of you. But I'm curious to see which of these young – receivers can step up this spring and show okay prove to brian hartline prove to ryan day this guy has to be on the field um we've got to find a role for this guy all right nfl combine who helped themselves cj stroud helped himself telling you if they, if you can still get the odds if you're a betting man or woman and you can still get the odds at plus 350 for cj stroud to be the number one pick um jump on that if it hasn't changed yet it's probably changed by now Bryce Young listed at six foot. Uh-uh. We were just talking about how Ohio State lists their guys, what they are. What did Ohio State list CJ Stroud at? Six foot three. What do you measure at at the combine? Six foot three. Bryce Young listed at six foot at Alabama, measures at five, ten, and one eighth. Five, ten, and one eighth. And here's the entire list of quarterbacks that size that have succeeded in the NFL. You guys ready? Okay, I'm gonna go. That's the entire list. Zero. So listen, and Bryce Young, listen, he's a fantastic quarterback, college quarterback. Like he's tough. He can throw the ball. He runs. I really think he's actually, you know, I'd be okay if I was an NFL team taking him, like maybe, you know, taking a flyer if I needed a quarterback. I'm trying to think of like, you know, midway through the first round. That would even be, that would even give me trepidation though, based on he would be the first one ever to succeed at that size. You're saying, what about Drew Brees? Six foot tall. You know, okay. It makes a difference. So when you're already that short, it makes a difference. And then you go to 5'10. Okay. And yeah, he he got up to what 204 pounds, but I mean, how much carb loading was he doing? He's there's no there's no way he normally walks around at 204. Um, notice he didn't throw. CJ Stroud threw and put on a show. I'm telling you, if I had to bet, and maybe I already have. I don't even have to act like I it's legal now. We don't have to like, you know, pussyfoot around it. Um, you know, I think CJ Stroud is going to go number one overall and I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'll put it that way. 
plus 350, you're getting plus money on that. If you're an NFL team, you're sitting there. Let's say even going in, you weren't you, you were leaning Bryce Young. Now you see he measured even shorter than you expected. CJ Stroud measured. Maybe you're thinking, well, Ohio State lists him at 6'3. Maybe he's more like 6'2. No, 6'3. Puts on a show, throwing the ball. Bryce Young not throwing the ball. That would, you know, that would give me some pause. What, what are you afraid of? Why are you not throwing the ball? So I think CJ Stroud's going to go number one overall. We'll see what happens. It's, I love the NFL draft. It's for so many reasons. It's the best reality show on TV. It's the fusion of two of my favorite things in the world, which is college football and the NFL. It's fantastic. I cannot wait. April 27th through the 29th in Kansas City. Cannot wait. All right. So I thought Paris Johnson Jr. helped himself. Another guy, as I mentioned, listed at 6'6 at Ohio State, measures at 6'6 and a half at the Combine. Dewan Jones is helping himself, measure what, 6'8 and a half, 270 plus. Um, Zach Harrison didn't work out, which some people criticized him, but he measured well, which is no surprise to us. He's got the wingspan of a pterodactyl. Luke Whipler measured in good. You know, I thought he might be a little like I thought he might be one of those guys. I don't know why I thought this because I say Ohio State measures their guy lists their guys correctly. Luke Whipler was listed at 6'3, 300 at Ohio State, measures in at 6'3, 304 at the combine. So any chance, you know, I think Luke Whipler might sneak into the second round. We'll see. I mean, his that film against Georgia looks good. Okay, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. This really has nothing to do with the combine, but I want to put this out there. I think he's the safest pick in the draft. And I said this, I remember saying this about Joey Bosa. I remember saying this about Chris Olave last year. That doesn't mean he's going to end up being the best player in the draft. But if I have, if I need a wide receiver and I'm picking, I'm like the Houston Texans and I got my quarterback. Let's say you're the Houston Texans and somebody is, you know, takes Bryce Young number one and you get CJ Stroud too. And then you get Jackson Smith and Jigba at 12. You're Houston. You need a wide receiver. I'm taking Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think he's the safest pick in this draft. Um, you know, an extremely high floor and also a high ceiling, maybe not the highest ceiling. He's not a freak or anything like that, but like he catches everything. You know, we were, we're all, you know, recency bias with the hamstring. He didn't need surgery on it or anything. He's the safest pick in this draft. There's no, he, he is bust proof. Okay. Unless he has some like catastrophic injury, which any player could have. So you take that out of the equation. JSN is bust proof. He is the safest pick in this draft. If I need a wide receiver, I'm not saying take him in the first five picks because that, that's reserved for freakish wide receivers. But I'm talking about if you need a wide receiver and you're picking anywhere from 12th to 16th or whatever, don't don't overthink it. Take JSN. Same thing I said about Olave last year. He's just the safest pick. There's a, certain guys are just bust-proof. Certain guys are just bust-proof. All right, now, the other, guy, other two guys, Cam Brown and Rocket Hickman, I have no idea. No idea. I, I I would guess Cam Brown. I mean, corners, teams need corners. He's a good-sized corner. He's fast. The tape does not maybe back this up, but I still think he'll be drafted in the fifth round, I'll say. Fifth round for Cam Brown. I'll go sixth round, seventh round for Rocket. Undersized safety. Um, we'll see how he does a pro day. Hopefully he tests well, but uh, – Tell you what, the guys that help themselves the most, I think CJ Stroud, Paris Johnson, as if he needed to help himself. But if he did, you know, Paris is gonna, you know, you know, Paris interviewed well too. He's like, 
he's a great player and he's even a better young man, if you can believe that, as I'm sure most of you know. Dewan Jones again. I thought all those guys like helped themselves. Um, so we'll see. But um appreciate you guys riding with me on this uh, solo edition of the Bucknuts Morning Five. I am Dave Biddle. Again, uh, practice tomorrow. Going to be open to the media. Can't wait. Spring ball kicks off tomorrow. Thanks to all of you. Appreciate you guys very much for making this part of your morning. Can't thank you guys enough. Hope everyone has a great day. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus.